This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Mystery. Well, yep. Here's what happened. <laughs> Is you and I were lying in a field. We were lying in a field together. And still are. We are currently. We mm-hmm. brought the rigs out just in case. Yep. We bring and the rigs everywhere we go. We're watching the sky and we're, wa- we're waiting here because we, pl- we had decided that we were going to do a, a few possible different things. We had done a pilot for a show about... 1998 we had done a pilot for a couple of other shows one Sweet about Valley Sweet Valley High. High one about um, highbrow, lowbrow. highbrow Lowbrow you were covered in honey yeah and I was covered in vinegar because yeah. we had always heard this thing about honey and vinegar but I think that's you catch about more bugs birds with honey is what I they think say. it's yeah well is and I bugs? disagree and I was like I think you catch more birds with vinegar so I was doused in vinegar yeah. and you were doused in honey and we were laying in the field lying in the field and I did catch a lot of bugs yeah you caught a lot of bugs I didn't catch yeah. any bugs but so our, th- our fourth option but the option birds were interested in me for sure was that we were gonna lie in a field and have the birds take right our souls into the sky yep but so there well, we were lying in the field Covered in honey, covered in vinegar, yeah, completely naked, hand in hand, mm-hmm. lying on our backs, crying profusely. Yeah, our wives were probably, I would <laughs> say, worried. Twenty yards away. Yeah, also pretty worried and crying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the bugs came, and the bugs came first. Yeah, and I said nothing. <laughs> I some some bir- I saw some birds circling and they looked they a little interested. peckish but not not in a way that they were going to come down anytime soon right a couple of them did take a couple nips at me yeah a few, a few little speculative nips but not in a right. way that it felt like they were taking parts of your soul up into the sky like we kind of had i think we didn't plan not my it. soul well, yeah parts of my penis definitely <laughs> Parts of my soul? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like you just spent a lot more time when you were covering yourself with honey down on your nether regions. I think yeah. that's what it was. I started there and I worked my way out. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty thin, honestly, on the rest of your body. Yeah. But so I don't know. I guess I think we should try. I think we shouldn't give up on. Anyway, our wives got mad and we had to stop. Yeah. And then we so we stopped. And so that didn't work. We stopped, we recouped. Yeah. We we can we we confabbed and we thought, okay, well, we will try again. Sweet Valley High is not going to work. Obviously 1998 is not going to work. Obviously mm-hmm. lowbrow highbrow is not going to work. Right. Obviously the sky burial stuff is not going to work, at least not in the way we were doing it. Maybe we need a, a different brand of of honey. And I said to you, Jack, yeah. There's a lot more of these damn books left. Yeah, you did. We got all the mysteries. We got all the friends forever. Like, we yeah. can just keep kicking the can. And then I said, and I think this was funny given the moment because we were both in a very upset and weird mood. I said, Is that you naked and totally covered in honey? 
or are you just glad to see me? Yeah. It was a, but it was a joke because I knew yeah. why you were. And that yeah. you weren't glad to see me, and it was a bad day for both of us. And I was mostly covered in bugs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the honey was gone, or at least covered up by bugs. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that's not a good pickup line. Yeah. Hey. I, yeah. <laughs> are you naked and covered in bugs? Are you just happy to see me? That doesn't yeah. work as well, you know? No, it doesn't. Um, so but, we're doing the mysteries. Yeah. And you may have also noticed that we're starting with um, Babysitter's Club. S- mystery number five because guess what we already did the first one i don't want to read them again do them again and those are good episodes and, we and it would be a disgrace to our four guests yeah. yeah it would be a disgrace Can you name all four of the guests we did before yes. those four shows Jack? are you ready yep it was our babysitter's club mystery number one stacy and the missing ring our two very good friends holland and kelsey from the whatever it takes degrassi, degrassi podcast. podcast yep then it was our two very good friends. Beware Dawn. Ariana and Katie. Yep. From um, being our pubic real life friends. Relations, the novel. Pubic Relations, the novel. Yep. Buy it. It's in stores now. It has been. Yep. Um, then. Mystery number three was, was Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Very good friend, Aaron Chack. Mm hmm. From. Also, Is being this our really friend. happening? Yep. The book? Oh, yeah, she also had a book. Yep. Why do our all our friends so talented? We wrote a book. And we've done nothing. Oh yeah, we wrote a book. Yeah. Um we have a podcast. And then it was our very good friend Kristen from the hit podcast Buffering the Vampire Slayer. And we're not doing it again because that would be an insult to them. Yeah. Those six women. Mm-hmm. All women. Huh? Mm-hmm. Very progressive of us. Huh? <laughs> not now that now that you've said it. <laughs> It, it fully negates it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yep. So we're at zero. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll have to have more guests on. Yeah. <laughs> to build up that confidence once again. Yep. Uh, but so, yeah, we didn't want to insult the memory of our dear departed friends. And so also I didn't oh, want to. Have they passed? Re- I think, I do think so. And I didn't want to read the books again. I just didn't yeah, want to. Nor did four I. was f- four was too many. Three, I could have done it. Right. But four just felt like you know they're all so fresh. Life you know? is short, and I've read so many Babysitters Club books. Yeah. That I well, didn't want to just get started reading them for the second time. Just yet. strap in, Jack, because you're about to read thirty something more. <laughs> As we embark on this new journey, yeah, reading the Babysitter's Club mystery books. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club mystery club. And I'd love for <laughs> you to say that in a whisper. Okay. The spooky whisper? Oh, yeah. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club mystery club. I liked it. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. I and, think we will okay. work on that intro, obviously. Yep. Hi, hi is the old Babysitter's Club sort mm-hmm. of greeting. Mm-hmm. So we'll do... Something more mysterious? Yes, and mm-hmm. we'll discover it in this text. Okay. Or a future text. I'm Jack Shepard, your Tanner Greenring. This week, of all weeks, we're reading a book in the great Babysitter's Club mystery series by Anna Martin. Yes. And Do you want is, me to 
you looked at me as though you wanted me to like interrupt with something. Nope, I like doing this part all by myself. Yeah. Um, that way I can get. To... Wait, I have an I have an okay. idea. Yep, I was gonna say I could get to the title of the book before so the ten minute. Pause work, but before nope. you say Anne M. Martin. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. So do your whole thing again, but then don't say Anne M. Martin right away. Let me interject one word. Okay. This week we're reading. One of the mysteries in the great Babysitter's Club mystery series by the great mystery, Anna Martin. Yeah. Mysterious. Okay. Let me do that again. Okay. <laughs> I think it worked by the great mystery, Anna Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There are uh, the, now Baby Nation. We have. <laughs> mystery Nation? Mystery Babies. We have reset the canon on mm-hmm. a lot of our bits, including Anne's epithets, and mm-hmm. maybe we just discovered the first one, which yeah. is the, the mystery. mystery. The, the great, great mystery. mystery. Anne and Martin. Uh, can I say the name of the book, or should we Up just gloss, gloss over it? Up to you. 100% your call. Okay, it's Babysitter's Club Mystery number five, Marianne and the Secret in the Attic. And the secret is, Tanner, that I'm crying. You're crying. Yeah, I'm crying. Oh, oh wait, no, no, experience... no, no, no. Can I say it again? Can I do it again? Yeah. The secret is, Tanner, that I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay. Because that's what I think what, how you say it. No, Me? wait. Okay. No, no, no. Hang on. The secret, Tanner, Yeah. is that uh, all of a sudden there are some ninjas cutting onions in yeah. here. I hate that. I hate that <laughs> bit. Uh, I am experiencing frowns. Okay. Yeah. And for, I'm for experiencing how, how many them for units of hillsides. Yes. <laughs> I would say downs. Oh, downs. Okay. Downs. Yeah. Of, yeah. Okay. Downs of frowns. Yeah. Um, is is that do we ha- is that anything? Uh yeah, well, cuz it reminds me of it, you can't have one without the other. And when you have frowns for downs, that means that much like you can't have sunshine without rain, I think. Yeah. Um if you have frowns for downs that means that somewhere behind those rain clouds must be lurking smiles for miles smiles ellen for miles. miles ellen miles yep yep ellen miles is she is the most emotive of the ghost right she's ellen is who you go to if you need someone to feel yeah if you want jack and tanner to feel if you want them to like usually cry but often laugh yeah but not l- funny laugh yeah but like Hallmark Channel laugh, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Ellen got in her great big ship rising out of the ocean. She went to the ends of the horizon and past the horizon, and she came back with a bunch of ninjas and a bunch of onions. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they chopped them, and it made us cry. Yeah. Right. I'm not and crying, you're crying. I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah. I'm still trying to come up with a good name for Baby Nation. Um, Inscrutable? <laughs> the the mind bogglers <laughs> look no the brain, the brain teasers no it's uh, got to be baby related huh not necessarily well there's the elite babies there's the super babies and there was the baby nation mm-hmm. so babies have been in every single one of them so far mystery babies riddle babies Ooh, that's there's something riddle there. babies is nice <laughs> riddle babies <laughs> Let's just keep calling him Baby Nation until we come up with something yes, better. Yes, I agree. Also, let's talk about this novel. It was a it, oh, this is a famous novel. This one's famous. This one's famous. Why? Oh yeah, because we we 
discover the origin of Marianne's spear. Yeah, and everyone knows about it. Everyone will knowingly, and now we can be those people. Everyone right. will knowingly say to you, oh, well, actually, you do eventually learn more about Marianne's mother. Yeah. And it's, like, it's hey, here. I didn't fucking ask. I'll get yeah. to him eventually. Yeah, and th- now we have. Really, really. I'll confront day. God itself in a yeah. field one day. Yeah. Covered in honey and bugs. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, no. I have work left to do on this plane. Yeah. And it's read these books. Maybe that's why the birds didn't come for us. They knew we still had work left to do. They're like, they haven't even met Marianne's mother yet. Right. Um, I know everything about every parent of yeah. every babysitter, mm-hmm. except one. Alma. Alma Baker. Alma Baker. Um, I want to get into that, but first I would like to describe this novel. I think what we'll do, Tanner, is we'll go back to an old formula, and we'll have me describe it, and then you're going to really do a, a very good and earnest job of describing the book, and, and you only get 60 seconds. That doesn't sound right. What do you mean? I, you said I will do a good and earnest you, job, but I, that you doesn't must. sound right. No, yeah, I realize that. What I meant is you must. You ought to. Okay. It's, it's what we call in, in um, moral philosophy an is-ought distinction. I should. Mm-hmm. But I may not necessarily. Right. Okay. Um, you start. I'll start. Okay. You ready? Yep. Great. And I, am I doing it in a time limit? Yeah, 60 seconds. Oh, wow. Well, I have this Are big bad sure? clock. Sorry, I have this mysterious clock. How big is it? That's a mystery. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm titillated. A little bit. Um, okay, I am going to... Um, I had a lot of time today, so I, I really put a lot of um, love and effort into the description, so I would love for you to um, okay. really try to take it in. Okay. Okay. This And this will make you cry. Okay. You're not crying. Wait. I'm not... Cr- well, okay. Tanner's got his tissues handy. You ready? Yeah. Richard Spear, a clownfish, is over... Sorry. What do you mean by that? Can sorry. I stop you right yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. Um, you I, say a clownfish? I mis- actually misread it. Okay. Can I, I just He's read, a human man. A t- I made a typo. Okay. Can I read it again? Yep. And I'll correct it. Okay. Richard Spear, a human man, is overly cautious with his daughter, Marianne. Who has a foreshortened fin? <laughs> um, no, that that can't be right. That doesn't sound wrong. Okay, Richard Spear, a human man, is overly cautious with his daughter Marianne, who has foreshortened. a new makeover. Okay, when the last thing you said didn't sound wrong, because I if, if fin doesn't make sense, but I if she did have one, it would be reason to be overly sh- cautious shortened. with her. Yeah. Because she's I'm, a human, and humans don't have four fins. So yeah. if she did have one, it would be shortened. Foreshortened. I think, so that would be right. I think what it meant was a brand new makeover. Okay. Richard Spear, a human... And anyway, we got, we've probably got sad swelling music here, so I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start from the beginning, and we'll just get it right this time.
Richard Spear, a human man, is overly cautious with his daughter, Marianne, who has a brand new makeover. When Marianne swims too close to finding who her mother is, she is caught by a diver, and horrified Richard Spear must set out to find her. A blue reef fish named Christy, who has a really short memory, joins Richard and complicates the encounters with sharks, jellyfish, (laughs) and a host of ocean dangers. Meanwhile, Marianne plots her escape from a dentist's fish tank. I, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm realizing. Do you want to finish? Um, yeah. Uh, Babysitters Club mystery number five: Marianne and the Secret in the Attic. That's it. Do you? Are you open to notes? I think that I I this wasn't my best effort and I am open to notes and I would I would benefit from notes. I don't remember a lot of that and I don't know if that's on me or if that's on you. Yeah. Um but a lot of that was new to me. <laughs> yeah. No, and it didn't feel right to me in the in the re- reading. And if I could just say, yeah. A lot of it sounded like the plot of Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is very similar because it, it's a, it doesn't. It's similar. Uh, Nemo, yes. Uh, uh, I haven't seen it, but doesn't Nemo have an overprotective dad and his mom died? Yes. So they're very similar, and he's helped by a group of friends. Yeah. To find more information about his mother. No, that's not right. To get, found. I haven't seen Nemo. Maybe. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, I didn't do a great job with that description, and I'd like to apologize. But I, I think do- you did a fine job. I yeah. think the two plots match up pretty well. Yeah, but it was there was enough in that Venn diagram that did not overlap. Yeah, that it was conspicuous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and I just got, I just got confused. I should have just said it with more confidence. Um, and, you, and also another note. Yeah, if you're open to it. Mm. You said before that that you were well prepared for it. Yeah. And it didn't sound like you were... It sounded like you were reading the plot synopsis of Finding Nemo, a movie you haven't seen, Mm. for the first time in your life. No, that I wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't reading it at all. That's just something I picked up on. Yeah. No, I I wrote this about this book, and I think I must have just got muddled in the writing. Because they're so similar. But you haven't seen Finding Nemo. Um, No. Mm-mm. Okay. I've never even heard of it. It's pretty. What is it? Remarkable. Is it it's a, a movie? Mo- yeah, oh, it's a movie. I, I didn't know about it. Um, what about if you describe the book? Describe the book. In Sixty yeah. seconds on your mysterious clock. Yeah. The size of which will remain a mystery. Yes. Yeah, I've got this mysterious clock here. I was thinking I put sixty seconds on it. Um, I loved how these babysitters work together. This this is my favorite kind of babysitters club book. Before you start your synopsis, where all of the girls are just there to help each other. Nobody right. gets in a fight. Dawn is very patient. Marianne's being difficult. Even, even Marianne is being difficult, and she encourages a fight. Yeah, but one does not happen. Right. She like she gives the cold shoulder to Dawn. Yeah, several times, but Dawn is patient enough. Dawn is like, oh, she must be having a bad day. Yeah, and then right. they all help. They all find ways to help her. 
Right. Um, it was really beautiful. It was a really beautiful novel and made me cry. It made me cry a lot. Um, I would like for you to describe this novel. I'll do it. I have this mysterious clock here. Okay. Tell me about it. I can't. It's a mystery. Can you see it? I can't tell you that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if it's a mystery to both of us or if you're just not letting me in on the secret. It, oh, I know all about it. Okay. But it's a mystery to you. But you know about it. Yeah. And you're my friend. Yeah. So and will you be kind and just tell me about the clock? Like I'll tell you this. The, size? the more you know about it, the more mysterious it gets. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's actually interesting because then yeah. tell me more because that's the whole kind of premise around this pod, this new podcast. It's like it's all very mysterious. It's very mysterious. A little spooky. It's a little spooky. So what size is it? Oh, I can't tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. Um, I can tell you that it's got 60 seconds on it, and it's starting right now. Oh, God. Okay, um, Marianne uh, has some nightmares about being lost, and there are two people she doesn't recognize, and also she's a baby, and... Uh, I'm just going to keep talking, even though there's a helicopter going overhead. And they, she decides to look into her mother a little bit and goes up into the attic and finds a box marked mis- miscellaneous. And it's full of letters, pictures of her mom and letters between um, the Bakers, which is her mom's maiden name, and Richard. And she discovers that Richard Spear gave her away as a baby to her grandparents. And they wanted to keep her, but Richard fought to get her back. And she was worried that Richard doesn't love her. And she starts asking around everybody to see if anyone knows her mom and knows why Richard gave her up. And then she eventually just has a discussion with her father and he says, oh, I did give you away because I was too wrecked by your mother's death and you reminded me too much of her, but then I wanted you back and now I love you because you remind me of her. B-plot is heritage. And time. Yep. Good. And that is exactly how much attention the B-plot deserves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I think it's interesting that Anne and her ghostwriters keep like making up these problematic sounding holidays <laughs> <laughs> like turn back the clock on america day in the super mystery it was america first day <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this one's heritage day yeah <laughs> they all sound like dystopian nightmare holidays yeah and this one is you it's old timey and we celebrate ghosts Stony brook is insane yeah, we know this. Stony Brook is out of its fucking mind, and they every day is a day. And this day, like, because nobody has jobs, they're like, no one let's has all, jobs. Let's all dress up like old Hickory from our town back in the 1700s. Let's all <laughs> celebrate our most menacing ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> and they do, and they all like Dawn kisses him. Dawn kisses him for a photo. And Claudia's idea is that she's going to make cutouts of, presumably, I guess maybe in Stony Brook everyone knows who they are, but she makes cutouts of, like, old hickory and, like... Some girl from a port, like, a painting. Yeah, some girl from a that painting. They found in, like, the... Mallory society. found in the attic or whatever. And people can, like, pay to have their pictures taken with the cutouts. And people do! Oh, they love it. That booth makes the most money of any booth. Yeah. Anyway, Heritage Day was the distant B plot. Yeah. Distant B plot, but the A plot, my God. Tanner, I think what I want to first draw your attention to bears on a theory that I have had about these books since the very beginning. 
Okay. It's one of our darkest and most mysterious theories, and so it is fitting that we should open the body of our discussion with this theory of mine. Okay. Here on our first mystery of the new era. Yep. And no, I'm, I'm excited to hear what it is. I want to ask you first if you're sitting down. Yes, you can see me. Because this goes so deep. Okay. And that's important. And any. The two are related. Yeah, the depth of this theory is one of the things about it, and that, and I need to be sitting. down. How deep it goes, and you should be sitting down because I'm about to open a whole new chapter in this theory. Okay, okay, <clears throat> I'm sitting. So we finally learn about Marianne's mysterious mother, who almost nothing has been said about in hundreds of books, hundreds of books. But Marianne goes up in the attic, and there's all this information and. Here's the first thing that we learn. Before she married my father, my mother's name was Baker. Okay. Common name? Alma Baker. Okay. Alma's less common, but... Isn't that a pretty name? Okay. Here's the second thing that we learn, Tanner, uh-huh. about Marianne's mother. The letters were addressed to my father. I turned one of them over, looking for the return address, and my heart gave a jump when I saw what it said. The address read, Baker, Box 127, Old County Road, Maynard, Iowa. Maynard? I don't know. Save big money at Menards. Okay. Do you know that? No. Menards is a um, hardware store in the Midwest. Okay. And the theme song and the commercials is "Save Big Money at Menards." So I I read it as Menards, Menard, Menard. And also when you when you're a boy growing yeah. up in Minnesota and all the commercials are like "Save Big Money at Menards." Okay, that sounds good, right? very funny to say. Yeah, Tanner, one two seven Old County Road. Allow me, if I may, to read to you from Psalm. One, two, seven. Okay. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Tanner! Marianne's mother is Alma Baker, and she lives at 127, a psalm about bread. It's all bread. She is, do you, Jack, very quickly. Yes. You're a nerd. Mm-hmm. What does Alma mean in Latin? Okay, it's complicated. Alma means a lot of things. It has a relation through a number of different Latinate languages to the word, a word that means soul. Okay. So one interpretation of this is that her name is the soul baker. The soul baker, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the interpretation I had captured? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What are some of the other inter- interpretations? Well, so Alma also, it's thought to come from the Latin alare, which means to suckle or to nourish. 
Nur- the nourishing baker. The nourishing baker. Bread works. nourishes us all. It's from the Proto-Indo-European root, al, which means to grow or to nourish. So we've got a lot of really resonant <sighs> terms so the here. Alma Baker mm-hmm. is... The soul baker. The soul baker. Or the nourishing baker. Nourishing yeah. souls. Yes. She with her bread is, I think, in the mythology of the Babysitters Club, the God figure. The God figure, certainly, yeah. And this is why I have said since the very beginning of these episodes, and I feel yeah. like you've never fully come with me on this, but yeah. that it is all bread, all and it bread, all goes the way down. all the way down. I actually feel like I did come with you on most most of the time. I did come with you on that, yeah. And I think maybe it was my idea to begin with, and it was my theory, and I always knew it was bread all the way down. Oh, uh, now now that it, the lid is finally actually blown off of it, you want to take credit for it? Like, oh, yeah, we kind of came up with it together. <laughs> I knew this was <laughs> okay. going to happen. Okay, I buddy. knew that we were going to get to the mysteries eventually. Yeah. yeah. I knew that we were going to lie down in that field. I knew the birds and the bugs were going to come, and I knew, okay, we're going to get to these books eventually, and... All will be revealed, and now all has been revealed. Yeah. The soul baker, yeah. God. Marianne's mother. Is mother to Marianne. Yep. And that's all you need to know, folks. And it was a miraculous birth, I think. Oh, yeah. It was a miraculous conception. Because I don't think, yeah, conception. I don't think Richard was there, and that's why he gives her up so quickly to the bakers. Right. Because he's like, oh, I'm not even a real father. Yeah. Like, Alma just got pregnant right day. He was very surprised. Right. And then she died. I kind of always assumed that mom, Marianne's mom died in, oh God, I just called her mom. (laughs) (laughs) You just called her mom. Yeah. Wow. I just assumed Marianne's mom died in childbirth, but they confirmed that she survived childbirth and she lived for some months afterwards. Probably only about six months. Right. Because Marianne is less than a year old when she goes to her grandparents to live on the farm. Actually, I think I know how she died. Okay. Pontius Pilate called for her crucifixion. Well, Pontius Pilate tried to prevent it. And then when that didn't go well, he said, I wash my hands of this. Y'all do what you want. Right. Yeah. And then she was crucified by a beggar and a thief. Next to. Next to. Mm -hmm. On um, a hill in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. At Calvary. And when she died, mom, when mom died, she absolved us all of our sins. Right. And that's all in the letters that she leaves for Marianne. She leaves a letter for Marianne. Right. To be opened on Marianne's 16th birthday. But Marianne opens it three years early, which probably creates some kind of a curse, I assume. I don't remember that. Tanner, here's what I think is our best way into this book. I would like to ask you a question, and I know the answer to it. Okay. Did you cry? Oh my gosh, Jack. That is a loaded question because I cried yeah. a lot. I cried a lot. And I just don't know. I've got so many. Should we do, would we do a segment for this? Oh, I don't know. So this is a new series. It's the Babysitter's Club Mystery Club. Mm-hmm. So do we do a segment for the times we cried? I would think so. I suspect we do, but I don't know what it's called if we do. Here's what I know it's not called. Tearful moment. Okay. 
Here's what else I know it's not called. May I approach the bench? Definitely not. Here's what else I know it's not called. Little Sniffle. Right. So, what is it called? Mm. I think the theme mm. around these episodes is spooky, scary mysteries. Right. And when you cry in a mystery, it's called The Vapors. Did you get The Vapors? Let's come up with a rhyme, maybe. Like, me, oh, my... It's time to <laughs> cry. Taper. Me and my, it's time to cry. Something, something. Apers, something, something. Vapors. And we have to do it in like an exaggerated, like, southern accent. <laughs> I know. Me oh my, it's time to cry. What rhymes with vapors? I'm going to look up. I'm going to go into rhyme zone. I know you hate it when I, you go to rhyme zone. Oh, I hate it more than almost anything. Uh, okay, here we go. Okay. Me oh my, it's time to cry. Grab the tissue paper. Okay. Because I got myself a case of the vapors. Well, that's too many syllables. Okay. Me oh my, it's time to cry. Grab the tissue papers. Because <laughs> I've got the vapors. Okay, good. And then we'll, should we do like a, we'll do like a, a sad old timey song behind that. Yeah. Great. Um, I was very sad during this whole book and I... Do you like that? Do you like that? The intro? I hate it. Yeah. Maybe we can do it in a different accent each week. Okay. That'll, that, that will certainly uh, alleviate all of the concerns I have with it <laughs> and not make it worse. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Good. No, I think we're right where I, I like to be, which is um, extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Here's some other rhymes that rhyme zone suggests oh we're gonna keep talking about it okay syrian bean caper <laughs> is that maybe that's better i think we've got the here's what we've got is the beginnings of a great rhyme yeah to sing and it's all timey and it's kind of mysterious and having the vapors is more being aghast and surprised than it is being sad but that's fine Okay. No, you, no, you're no, twisting no, no. my arm. No. Old timey ways to say you're sad. But well, old timey is not mysterious. You've you've Oh wait, I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what you've got is as good as we're gonna get. And I wanna move on to saying what made me cry. I wanna talk to you about Mimi real quick and then we're gonna take a break and then we'll do our tearful moments. You lied to me. What, how, why? About Mimi. No, this is what I want to talk to you, you about. You lied to me. I want to talk to you about this and listen. There is have you seen the film Running Man? Yes. There's a scene in Running Man where at the beginning of the movie are you paying attention to me? We like the rhymes and the accents though, right? I wouldn't agree to with that. I think I just came up with a better one. Okay, fine. Please, please. It's kind of a um Edgar Allan Poe kind of Rhyme scheme. It still rhymes. Is that okay? That's fine. Never before our departed border collie have I ever before felt so melancholy. Okay. And it's about Louis. Okay. Because he was a border collie. Uh-huh. It's got some real uh, structural problems with the rhyme. Well, can you help me then? Okay. Well, let's take a break. Do you want to? Do you want to hash this out first? Well, we're we're now ten minutes past. I know, I know, I know okay. that. Yeah, but here we are. <laughs> here you are. Okay, let's take a break. I'm gonna work this out. Okay. 
And Goodbye. when I come back, I promise I'll have a succinct rhyming rhyme for this. Okay. And then I want to tell you about Running Man. And then we have to talk about the book. I don't care about Running Man. I'm just lasered in on this rhyme right now. I can tell. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Mystery. Okay, we're back. Okay. And Good. we, Jack, mm-hmm. just took <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> at least. We we honestly took a break to like take a break. We both needed to eat, grab grab a bathroom and grab a beer. And neither of us left our seats. And neither of us left our seats. And instead, what we did was we puzzled out uh-huh. the intro to the tearful moment. And it turns out it's going to be gothic poetry, and that's the same now because <laughs> they're mystery books. Yeah. And if you'll allow me, I would like to introduce the segment that we we need to kind of reset and discuss now. Based on and inspired by the famous poem by Edgar Allan Poe, here's how we introduce the thing that made us cry. Yes. Gothic mysterious poetry. Yes. Once I heard of a dead doggy, and my mind grew weak and foggy. His tragic fate was writ in Martin's lore. He was but a border collie, and to weep would be such folly. Overcome by melancholy, sorry, but there must be more. <laughs> Louis gone to be with Mimi. Sad goodbyes I do abhor. Tearful moments come once more. <laughs> it was worth it. Yeah. Good. Uh, great. I'm glad. So that- that's how we introduce the segment. It's called Tearful Moment, and that's mm-hmm. how we do it now. And I, I, in the writing books. ornate gothic poetry for each of our segment <laughs> intros isn't going to cause any because you know last time we did yeah. a, a whole new reset of our segments yeah we thought it would be easy we would just come up with legal themes yeah and then that wasn't easy and there was a marine mammal got involved that i'm not going to mention and right and so we wanted to do something simple this time and the simple thing we've landed on is complex rhyme schemes for yep. gothic poems. Yep. Great. And that's what we're going to do for most of the segments, <laughs> I think. And we'll cross the rest of the bridges as we get to them. Okay, but this book was very sad and it made me cry. And we, let's talk about it. What what made you cry, Tanner? And then I'm going to tell you what made me cry. Oh Basically, this whole fucking book, I was a wreck. This whole book. It's a nightmare. I guess I'll give you the first instance where I literally w- cried. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. I had a doctor's appointment today. I went up to the Upper East Side, and I went to the doctor, and afterwards, it was around lunchtime, and I thought, I'm going to swing by a Mexican restaurant on 61st Street and 2nd Avenue, Uh and I'm going to sit and eat chilequiles, Uh and I'm going to drink a Victoria, and I'm going to read this fucking book. And cry? And as I was sitting there with a bunch of old people in the middle of the day eating lunch at this Mexican restaurant, (laughs) I cried and i was embarrassed about it (laughs) you shouldn't be if you don't cry at this book there's something wrong with you this should be the voy camp test that they use in blade runner that's a good idea they should have the replicants read this book marianne and the secret in the attic maybe even just these two passages that we're about to read and if they don't cry that's how you know and harrison ford has to shoot them yes 
Marianne, well, they they kind of short circuit, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Marianne is looking for her dead mother. Mm-hmm. Looking for any clues about her past and her The dead soul mother. baker. The soul baker. Mm-hmm. She has Christy. Christy asks Elizabeth Thomas Brewer. Mm-hmm. So this is Christy's mom. Marianne did go off to live with her grandparents. In Idaho, I think. Iowa, said Christy. Somewhere far away, her mother agreed. But when she was gone, Richard looked lonelier and sadder than ever. I think he missed her very much. So she came back, said Christy. As soon as he felt ready, he sent for her, she said. And now that I think of it, I wonder how I ever could have forgotten that time. I remember as if it were yesterday. One day, soon after she'd come back, I saw Richard pushing Marianne in her stroller. Look at my little girl, he said to me. Isn't she beautiful? Then I saw him smile for the first time in almost two years, and it nearly made me cry. Christy told me that her mother had seemed close to crying that afternoon in the kitchen just thinking about that moment. So, he always wanted her? Asked Christy. Of course he did, said her mom. She was his little girl. (laughs) She was his little girl. She was his little girl. He sent her away because she reminded him of Alma. Yeah. But soon that memory became a happy one. Right. She was his little girl. Um, May I read you the passage that made me cry? It also made me cry if it's the one I'm thinking of, which is the letter. It is. It's it's a lot. Okay. I'm going to buckle in. Okay. So the central tension of this book is that Marianne thinks that her dad must have not wanted her when her mom died. But in fact, what happened is that he just needed to send her away so that he could collect himself for a few months. And then there was a little bit of back and forth where their grandparents wanted to keep her, but he loved her too much. Yes. Well, he said slowly, I think the time has come to give this to you. He put his hand into his jacket pocket and pulled out an envelope. I took it and looked it over. It was yellowed with age and my name was written on the front. It's a letter, he said. A letter for you. It's from your mother. His voice sounded a little strange, as if he were trying to hold back tears. She wrote it just before she died and asked me to give it to you when you turned 16. But I think she'd want me to give it to you now instead. She had no way of knowing how mature you'd be at 13. I hope it will help to answer some of the questions you have about your past. He sounded formal like someone making a presentation of a medal or something. What I held in my hands was something I'd longed for for so many years. Reading this letter would be like hearing my mother speak to me. I took a few deep breaths, and then, when I felt ready, I carefully tore open the envelope and pulled out the letter. It was written on pale blue paper, and the writing covered three whole pages. I started to read. Dearest Marianne, it began. How I wish I could see your face as you read this letter. Is it a face I would recognize? I know one thing for sure. It's a lovely face. The baby who sits by me as I write this is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. 
Of course, I may be a little prejudiced, since I am her mother. I smiled as I read that. The letter went on. I know that your father loves you very much and that he'll do everything he can to bring you up well. I know, too, that it will be hard for him and that he will need help now and then. That's why I am happy to know that my mother and father who dote on you are ready and willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that you have a happy and secure childhood. Marianne, I would give anything to be with you today, to be with you through all your days of growing up. I love you so much, and it hurts so badly to know that I have to leave you. That's when I started to cry. I read the rest of the letter, crying the whole time. My mother told me about herself and her childhood. She told me how she and my father had met and fallen in love. She wrote about her hopes and dreams for me and the hopes and dreams she'd once had for herself. By the time I finished the letter, I felt exhausted, but I also felt happy. Reading that letter was an experience I will never forget. You know what this all made me think of? Yeah. The only thing I could help but think of during all of this is I am a month and a half out from being a new dad. Oh, God. And all I want in the world now is to write a letter like that. No, is to is to not die. Is to not oh. write a letter like that. Okay. I really hope yeah. that I do not somehow die in the next year. Yeah. Like I, I hope I don't get some kind of terminal disease and need to write a letter like this. I hope I don't get hit by a car. But if you do, if you do, take some time with a letter. Should I just write a letter now? I think you probably should, just in case. Hey, uh. This is weird. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Yeah. If you get to level 1-3 on Super Mario Bros. 3, and you look yeah. for the white block, bend, crouch on it. Yeah, for longer than go, you think. Yeah, longer than you think. You will go behind the scenery. Right. And then if you run all the way to the right, don't worry, enemies can't hurt you. Yeah. You will disappear behind the scenery, and you will reappear in Toad's house. And that's how you get the first warp whistle. And that's how you get the first warp whistle. Yeah. I love you very much. Signed your papa. Yeah. And then your son will one day grow up and write a book called um, what's his name going to be? Bingo. Bingo Bingo, Green Ring. Bingo Green Ring and the mystery of the second and third warp whistles. Because you never fucking told him. Yeah. Well, and what are the mysteries of the second and third level? Uh, there's a block at the end of the sand level that you hit with a hammer that you got from the Hammer Brother, and then you go into this extra part of the level, and then you get a warp whistle there. And then there is also a secret warp whistle in one of Bowser's castles where you go up and you hit a P block, and then you actually get, you can yes, yes, fly yes. up. You and do the thing where up. you fly up. You go yeah, past yeah. all of the shit, and then you end up... At, you meet Toad in the castle and get the warp yep. whistle. Yeah, but you don't want you don't want to put all that shit in the letter because it'll be too long. And you have to you have to yeah, leave some mystery. You know what? I have to trust that he will grow and learn on his own. I can set him on the right path. If he, if he was going to grow and learn on his own, he would play the whole game through. That's how I do it. I wouldn't even he will get he the will warp the whistles, first time, but I don't use them. He will the first time, and yeah. I have to set him on the right path. But then I have to trust that he'll find his own way. Yeah, and that's what two warp whistles Alma did here. Right, and it's be- bingo. Green ring is beautiful. Bingo. Green ring is beautiful. I can uh, you make his middle name Bango? 
Bango. Because I think Bingo Bango Green Ring is a really good name. Yeah, that's good. Jamie and I have been watching a lot of, well, this is, the Baby Nation doesn't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tanner. I have so many more segments to get okay, through. Okay, great, and but you promised, I have a you new fucking one. promised me that you would let me tell you about Running Man. You fucking vowed. <laughs> You're right, I did. Okay, go ahead. And this is related to the yes, okay, the, and I'm going to um, do it fast because we need to talk right, more this about. This is related book. to the yes, obviously. Once I heard a dog, dead doggy in my yes, grew weak and foggy. Yeah. Tragic fate was written. Martin's lore. Uh-huh. He was but a border collie, and to weep would be such folly. Overcome by melancholy. Sorry, but there must be more. Louis gone to yes. be with Mimi. Sad goodbyes. I do a yeah. poor tearful moments. Come yeah. Once more. Yeah, okay. I'm going to make this as quick as I possibly can. In the classic film, Running Man, which is the greatest film of all time and my favorite movie, and it's the best movie. um, uh, Favorite movie? It's my favorite movie. Leave me alone and let me get through this. In the film, uh, Killian runs a game show where it's the most dangerous game, and they hunt criminals, and various gladiators kill the criminals. And uh, famously, in the lore of the game, there were three criminals who actually won, and they didn't get killed. And they were rewarded by being set free, and they went to go live on an island. Their names were Whitman, Price, and Haddad. And I've always wanted to have one of those ampersand t-shirts that says Whitman and Price That's and good. Should we just sell that on our own merch shop? I think so. I made a Twitter joke about it once, and it got no response at all. So I think it's way too obscure. Like our previous winners, Whitman, Price, and Haddad. You remember them? Whitman, Price, and Haddad. There they are, and at this very moment, they're basking under the Maui sun. Their debt to society paid in full. Anyway, I think about that a lot because... What's Arnold Schwarzenegger's name? In the movie? Yeah. Should we add him to that? And that one woman he's with who also survives? His name in the movie is Ben Richards. Because maybe the problem with that joke is that those ampersand shirts are two, three's not enough. So let's add Richards, and what's the woman's name? Amber Mendez. Okay, so Richards, Mendez. Whitman, Price. Whitman, Price. And Haddad. And Haddad. Okay. Those so, are the survivors of the Running Man. Here's the thing. Spoilers for Running Man. Late in the movie, Ben Richards is fighting... He, you know what? If I had to guess what that character's name is, Ben yeah. Richards would be it. It's exactly it, yeah. Just like pure, like, corn-fed American. Yeah, except he's Austrian. But yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, in the movie, he's American. But yeah. Um, so Ben Richards later is fighting Fireball. Yes. And Fireball chases him into a storage Who's the guy room? that has the, like, motorcycle that's all glitzed out? Dynamo. He's got, like, a centurion kind of thing that's going on? Dynamo, I think. He's my favorite. Yeah. We should do a quiz called Which And he does, oh, Running Which Running Man? Man? That's great. Yeah. Buzzsaw. Guy, are you? Yeah. And then you can do the. Um, oh, Buzzsaw's good. You could do the. Because uh, Arnold says something whenever he kills one of them. And one of them is a hockey guy called Sub Zero. And Arnold takes his hockey stick and cuts him in half. Hey, and then somebody is like, oh, what happened to Sub Zero? And Arnold goes, Here is Sub Zero. Now, Plane Zero. Yeah. That's why it's such a great movie. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. This does have a bearing on this book. I'm trying to get there as fast as I can, and I'm very easily diverted on this topic because it's my favorite movie. Should we just do a Running movie. Man podcast I would lo- instead of this? <laughs> I would love that, but I don't want to be diverted. So you're going to ha- you're gonna have to restrain yourself because I can't. you got to let me get through this because okay. it, it's a long walk. Okay. Ben Richards goes to fight. I got a lot of segments left, by the way. I know. That's why you got to let me keep talking. Okay. Goes to fight Fireball. Fireball corners him in this room. And in this room, there are three 
burned. Yes, it's Haddad bodies. And what's his face? Ben Richards goes and looks at the dog tags around their necks, and he goes, Whitman, Price, Haddad. They're running man. Last season's winners. No. Last season's losers. They didn't win the game. They were burned. They were burned. Okay. That reminded me of this scene from this book. Okay. Marianne's walking in the cemetery. Yes. Then I saw something that wiped my anger and frustration away. It was a simple headstone with a picture of a crane etched onto it. There was a small bouquet of wildflowers on the grave, and the yellow and white blossoms almost hid the name on the stone. But I brushed them aside to make sure I had seen the name correctly. I had Yamamoto. Oh, right. And now I see. And underneath that, a nickname. Mimi. Mimi! I felt a wave of sadness. And suddenly I missed Mimi so, so much. Anne! Lied to us. She didn't go to live on a farm. Yeah, Anne, you lied to us. You lied to us! You told us that she went to live on a farm. (laughs) We were under the impression that she was fine. Just on a farm. She had to leave these books, but that she was fine and she had to go live on a farm. And now... (laughs) <laughs> we have walked into this room and we see this charred corpse and we're like <laughs> Richmond Whitman. What is it? Whitman Price. Price. Oh, I just thought of a Haddad. shirt. What about a shirt that's like Mimi and Louie and Amelia Freeman and, <laughs> and Whitman Alma <laughs> and Whitman and Price and, and Haddad. <laughs> Haddad. <laughs> I don't think we need two Ampersand shirts on the shirt at once. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> anyway, Anne lied to us. Yeah. Mimi is gone. Thanks for letting me talk about Running Man. It's I would like to movie. introduce a new segment. I watched it with my dad when I was a boy. Which I think is maybe kind of an old segment. Yeah. But I, we've never introduced it as a segment before. Okay. And I don't quite know how to do it, and here's how I'm going to do it this time, but I'm open to feedback. Uh-huh. <gasps> Help, I'm stepping into the twilight zone Place is a madhouse Feels like being cold My beacon's been moved under moon and star Where am I to go now that I've gone too far? So the segment is, it's, um, these books take take place in an alternate universe yep. from the main Babysitter's Club books. Yeah, you may have forgotten that. And that was Twilight Zone by Gold Earring. I loved it. I'd a Swedish it band. <laughs> and I don't quite know how we introduce it, but I do love singing on the show. So maybe that's the thing is like we find a different song each week that's about alternate universes. I'm going to find a different passage from the philosophical canon about possible worlds theory each week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, these books take place in an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the Babysitter's Club universe, but it is an adjacent universe. Right. It's very similar, but some things are subtly different. Stacy's not bad. Stacy's not bad. Other small changes, and this is one of the changes I caught this week. Mm -hmm. So Marianne is at Heritage Day, Mm -hmm. and she's taking care of Charlotte Johansson. Right. 
and all of Stony Brook has showed up because none of them have jobs. Right. The talk went on, but my attention drifted. I looked around at the other clusters of people. There were kids with fathers and kids with grandparents. There were even three girls with their aunt, the Crane Girls, who go everywhere with their beloved aunt, Bud. Mm. Jack? Yeah. Quick question. Yeah, no, I'm sensing what you're coming at me with. You ever heard of the Crane Girls? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You ever heard of Aunt Bud? Nope. <laughs> Aunt Bud? Who the fuck is the Crane Girls, and who the fuck is Aunt Bud, and why do you assume, Marianne, that we know who that is? Yeah. I swear to God, these books exist as though there were 131 different books that yeah. happened <laughs> concurrently. Yep. And it wasn't the Babysitter's Club books we read. Nope. It was close. Yeah, who the fuck are the Crane Girls? They're not in these books, and there are literally a thousand charges that Ellen could have chosen from. Yep. But she instead decided to subtly hint to us that we are right, and the Babysitter's Club mysteries take place in an adjacent and similar but subtly different universe from the actual Babysitter's main canon series. Crane Girls, Aunt Bud. Yep. Moving on. We'll keep an eye on that every week, Baby Nation. Yep. Maybe not every week, but we'll keep an eye on it. Oh, we're going to keep an eye on it. Tanner, we're winding down and we're running out of time, but I have a burning question that I need to ask you. Fitting? It's not, because it's not, it's not what you think it is. I need to know briefly whether at any point in the parlance of today's youth and millennials and teens on Twitter, did you hashtag a swoon? Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Jack, did I? We would be remiss if we didn't call out this passage where I had a fucking case of the hashtag vapors. I think that's probably what that is, right? That makes more sense. Do we? But here's a question. Yeah. Do we need to do gothic poetry for this segment? No. I think we can just... Are you sure? No. (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Because we did gothic poetry for the other one, and we promised we would do it for all the new segments. <laughs> I don't and, want to. and when we did the super specials, we rebranded it as Immersed in Thirst. All right, can we pause? Yeah. All right, we're going to pause, and we're going to come back with a gothic poem about the vapors. We'll be right back. Fuck. Mystery. Okay, a short break, and now we have a gothic poem inspired by... The classic poem She Walks in Beauty by Lord Byron. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. Okay. Ah! Ah! They walk in beauty night and noon, these handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune, I find myself immersed in thirst. Ah! Or as the youth stay, hashtag swoop ah! with hashtag vapors. I've been cursed. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Baby Nation, a peek behind the curtain on that one. Um, I got up and left and went and peed and said goodnight to my wife, and Jack wrote that by himself. Thanks for the credit. And it was good. That's our uh, old-timey poetry intro to our classic segment, Hashtag Swoon. And we're running late on time here, but we could not leave this out. Tanner, would you like to read the passage? Okay, here's my Hashtag Swoon. Okay. That's when the paint fight began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soon the eight of us were covered in streaks and spots and drips 
Claude had yellow paint in her eyebrows. Stacy had a red streak in her hair. Jesse had pink toes. What a mess. <laughs> Logan got the worst of it. His shirt was nearly covered with pain. This is ridiculous, he said. Every time I move, I get more pain on me. He unbuttoned his shirt. Uh-oh. And pulled it off. Uh-oh. Woo! <laughs> said Christy. And Logan blushed. So did I. So did I. I've seen Logan without his shirt on before since we've been swimming, but somehow it was different then. He was sitting right there in my den. Oh, get you one of my dad's shirts. As soon as I finished painting this, I said. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if you borrowed one. I couldn't even look at Logan as I said that. I was feeling very shy around him all of a sudden. And so was I. All of a sudden. <laughs> feeling pretty bold, Logan. Which book was that? Oh, it's the one where Ellen Miles made Logan take his shirt off. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember. Did anything else happen in this book? I don't think so. I don't think so. There was some Running Man stuff. Yeah, there was some Running Man stuff, but it's Marianne and the secret of Logan's pecs. Yeah, and his ripped up abs. Yeah. And his swole shoulders. Yeah. Hashtag swoon. What else is under a shirt? Uh, nipples? Normal nipples. Yeah. You can't really aggrandize nipples. Swole shoulders, ripped up abs, bouncing pecs. Unremarkable nipples. And this has been the segment where we talk about Logan's nipples. <laughs> Jack? <laughs> yeah. I don't know quite how to approach the next segment. We okay. do have one more segment to get through. Yep. I suspect we have to come up with another goth poem. Yeah. I guess I'll do this one since okay. you did the last one. I'll mm-hmm. write this one by myself mm-hmm. entirely right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just quickly Google gothic poems. Here's one that I found called The Sick Rose by William Blake. This poem is inspired by the sick rose by William Blake. Here goes my poem. Okay. O taunt, thou art sick, a very good burn that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. <laughs> it's burning. <laughs> Woo! Did you have one? Oh, uh, you know what? Here's the sad part. It's a real burn light book this week. I'm not certain I did. Okay, I'm going to do two things for you. One, I'm going to let you off the hook. There are no burns in this book. Two, I've got a burn. I've got one, too. Okay. So, hoist it on your own petard. No, there. I was trying to help you. Yeah, So you were hoisted. No, I was helping your you. own. I was being nice. Okay. I was trying to let you off the hook. Well, I've got one, and it's a burn on you, actually. So. Let, oh, okay. So now who is hoisted? I wasn't. It, the petard, you were on the petard, and I was trying to get you off of it. And then you hoisted me on it. Yeah, but you do admit that you were hoisted on it. But it wasn't mine. It was yours. But you're hoisted on it. I'm not saying I'm not hoisted. You're hoisted on my petard. Yes. Okay. And that's rude. 
Chapter 9. Mm. This is a burn on you, keep in mind. Okay. Chapter 9. As I rode my bike home from the meeting, I thought about how strange it had been to be with my friends, and yet not to be with them. It was as if I was observing my friends. As if I were some kind of anthropologist. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's the burn. Marianne was burning you. Because <laughs> she didn't think you knew what an anthropologist is. Okay. And she was gonna and then she does go ahead and explain it to me. Yeah, we learned all about it in social studies. They're scientists who study human behavior. Yeah, obviously. But she was pretty sure you, Jack, yeah. didn't know what that was. It's right there in the fucking word root. Okay. Anthro meaning Anthropos. Studying humans. Man. And logos meaning the cosmic order of the universe or the study of something. Anthropo, yeah, sure. I, Marianne, obviously you've heard of the word anthropologos. Anthropos. Anthropos logos. logos. Okay. So, so you did know it. You, Marianne. I did know it. Burn is on Marianne. Here's my burn. It's on Logan. It's by Marianne. It's right at the end of the book. It ends with a bunch of letters, including some sweet letters that Marianne and her grandmother, Verna, write back and forth to each other. Uh, Verna's husband dies, and they get back in touch, and Marianne spends some time with her. And some other letters that happen are between Marianne and Logan, and that is where my burn comes from. Dear Marianne, how's Iowa? How's your grandmother? Have you milked a cow yet? I miss you. Love, Logan. Great letter, Logan. Short, to the point. Good question to ask somebody. And then Marianne writes to Dawn. Dear Dawn, you won't believe it. I feel so guilty. I got a letter from Logan yesterday on the very same day that I agreed to go out on a date with another boy. Bob. Marianne just fucking cheated on him. Yeah, Marianne's cheated on Logan with Bob. And they think it's hilarious. And they think it's funny. Um, but there is a burn on Bob. In this same letter, he's the grandson of my grandmother's best friend. His name is Bob, and he's really, really cute. You know what, though? I have a feeling he only asked me out because his grandmother told him to. Please don't ever, ever tell Logan about this thing with Bob. I'll let you know how it went next time I write. And the way it went is that Bob asks her if she likes cows. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I hate this guy. Yeah. That's a cool thing to ask, though. If yeah. someone asked me that, I'd be like, yeah, I do like cows. They're cool. Yeah. Who would say like no cows. to that? Yeah. Yeah. They seem nice. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go home. Dinner. Let's get out of here. Um, let's leave. Um, Mystery Babies, we're going to come up with a new thing to call you, uh, but it's not going to be now because we're running low on time. Thank you for Something listening. gothic poetry inspired, huh? Oh, certainly. Thank you for listening to this show about the running man. And The Mysteries by Anna Martin. Thank God we're back on firm ground. Yeah. Reading Babysitter's Club books. Pretty shaky there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. This feels right. Still dripping with bugs and honey over here. Yeah. I should have changed. Honestly, should have showered. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we do this for you. Another thing we do for you, we also talk about the Little Sister books in our Patreon, which you must subscribe to. It's... Only $5 a month, and you get hours and hours more of us talking in a vastly more elite and classy way about the Babysitter's Universe in our Little Sister Big Episodes. Please support our work by going over to patreon.com slash bsccpodcast and signing up to check out our 
whole new show over there. It's a lot of fun, and we're really enjoying doing it. And thank you so much to everybody who has supported us so far by doing it. It's uh, proving to be a really fun thing and well worth the time. Buy our merch. Yep. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. We do have a cool ampersand shirt on there uh, about the Babysitter's Club Ghostwriters. It's not the cool one we pitched this week, but it is a It cool is pretty one. cool. Thank you, Baby B. John at Vox Devil for designing most of that. Review and rate the podcast on iTunes. Jack, I have a pitch. Okay. For a sign-off. Okay. Uh, Marianne writes a letter to Christy. Mm-hmm. And she signs it off. That's all for now. It's time to help shell peas for dinner. <laughs> Don't I sound like a farm girl? That is terrible but it's all we have so. that's not it oh okay <laughs> yours tell niagara falls oh really um here's my complaint about it marianne here's my complaint about it did you think the thing was don't i sound like a farm girl? <laughs> yeah but here's what i'm gonna say <laughs> i was never as you will know i was never able to ramp into yours till i see the salad dressing in our previous show, and you never helped me. Yeah. And so I highly doubt I'm going to be able the na- to make it Niagara work. Falls. So what we're going to do today is something a little different. Okay. And next week, we will see if we can come up with something that really works for us. In the meantime, this week we read a book that was called Marianne and the Secret in the Attic. Next week, we're going to be back with another Babysitter's Club mystery called... The mystery at Claudia's house. Mm. I have been, this week, Jack Alexander Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring. That's all for now. It's time to help shell peas for dinner. Don't I sound like a farm girl? (laughs) (laughs) I'm yours till Niagara Falls. That's it. Good night. Okay, you're not being very helpful. I don't want the collie because it, it doesn't rhyme with melancholy because it's the same phoneme. No, it I just know. Can that's why I want to do work. like a. That's why I want to do like an A B A B C D. But there's nothing that you can do about the fact that collie and collie aren't rhymes because they're the same sound. Wordsworth himself would not be able to help you. Wordsworth would look at what you've done and he would cry. He would become melancholy. This segment is called the. Glum Plum of the Week. Okay. Is it me? That was a HeadGum Podcast.